rifling through those long boxes and bagging those books. Welcome to your home for Star Wars comics. This is the Cosmic Force Podcast, a Utini Podcast Network production. And now, here are your hosts, Tyler Reganti, Emma Park, Caleb Lamanek, and Jacob Bosch. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 41 of the Cosmic Force. And on tonight's episode, we are celebrating the ending of the latest Disney Plus show, The Book of Boba Fett, by talking about the man himself. Yes, I'm talking about Boba Fett. Uh, We'll take a look at his comic history and share some of our favorite moments. But first, let's go around and say hi to everybody that is here with me tonight. And we'll start where we always do with Emma. Emma, how are you doing tonight? Have you seen today's episode of The Book of Boba Fett? I have. Yes. Hello, everyone. Happy, uh, happy or sad season finale day. Um, so it's a little bittersweet at the end, but yeah, solid finale. And all I have to say is Boba, 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 Fett. <laughs> yes, that was, that was a welcome. I, I, I didn't notice that until we it was I shared. I thought I was going crazy, to be honest. Uh, Cause yeah. I was like, whoa, has this been here the whole time? And I just haven't noticed it. So I was glad to hear that this was the first time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you I know, you know. Too. Yes. <laughs> All right. And uh, let's check in now with Caleb looking just amazing as always. I love that shirt and I'm jealous of it every single time you wear it. How are you doing tonight? Man? I'm doing good. I'm, I just, I was very late getting uh, set up for the show because I had to uh, finish it all off. So like we finished the episode and as the Boba Fett chanting was going off, uh, we were hastily clearing the room and trying to get my flag set up. It was a good time. Like I was really, really happy about the uh, show. And now I'm really happy to talk about the comics here with you guys. So let's get some action going here. Yes. But before we do, let's check in with our the last member of the team tonight, Jacob. How are we doing tonight, sir? Sir, uh, not too bad, not too bad. Uh, I definitely, had, yeah, I got up early this morning to watch the episode. Which, of course, if it wasn't obvious, we're not going to spoil that tonight. Uh, we're no, just talk, we're just talking about comic books. So you know, for those who haven't had a chance, you're all welcome here. But uh, yeah, got up early so I could watch it before school, uh, which was not great because I was staying up last night writing an essay. Uh, but you know what? That was due this morning. It's all fine. Uh, Boba Fett is here. My week is kind of chill for the rest of it, so yeah, I'm I'm happy uh, to talk about uh, the man himself. Yes. So uh, if you are joining us for the first time, welcome. Uh, as we you might have picked up already, we are a Star Wars comics podcast that broadcasts live right here on YouTube.com/slash Utini every Wednesday night at eight o'clock. But if you can't join us live, that is perfectly fine because we are also available on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. We are also a part of the Utini Podcast Network of nearly a dozen shows and a Discord channel at utini.com slash Discord with more than 1,000 members with dozens of channels to choose from. If you like what you see and you want to say thanks, then head over to our Patreon channel at patreon.com slash Utini, where for as little as $5 a month, you can gain exclusive access to the entire Utini Podcast Network of shows as well as exclusive merch and community involvement activities and even have your name uh, mentioned in the show like we are doing right now because Emma has our new list of patrons for this week. That is right. Uh, This has been very fun. This is the second week we've been uh, reading our new patrons on the show. It's always a ton of fun. We really appreciate all of our patron support, especially from our newest patron, Brian Dooley, who joined the Jedi High Council. Brian, thank you so much. It means the world. Uh, We couldn't be able to do any of this without patrons like you, and we really, truly appreciate it. So 
I figure let's jump right from patrons, which is good news to have new patrons, right? We also have some more good news and it has to do with Kenobi, uh, both the show and a new comic. Uh, we have a new five issue Kenobi miniseries from Christopher Cantwell with art by our favorite Ario Anandito. It's releasing in May. Uh, and of course the Kenobi show, uh, we, we were kind of speculating that maybe we'd get a date for it with uh, the book of Boba Fett finishing up today. And we sure did. It is releasing on May 25th. And we also got that. a really awesome poster that for it. Beautiful that. poster right there. Oh, it's so good. So good. Uh, did I hear that there's speculation that the lightsaber Obi-Wan's holding might be Anakin's? Is that is that true? Yeah, I, I Eric mentioned that in Slack and I looked a little closer and the emitter definitely looks like his because you know Anakin's has like the little like the little like like Point. half circle Pointy kind of thing. on the end See, where like Obi-Wan's is kind of flat on the top. I think it I looks, think it yeah. looks just like just like it does oh in the, um, the, the show logo. Let me oh boy, let me uh pull that up again and zoom in a lot. A lot. We're gonna we're gonna have a very intense zoom and enhance. Um, discussion about this and, and, zoom and, enhance. and enhance the image. Yes, we are enhance. I mean, this is beautiful, by the way, with all the clouds. It really is. And the sun really behind is. him. Holy smokes! Yeah, there's okay, not much more go. enhancing I can do, unfortunately. What? But, That's uh, not yeah, how it works. Can we zoom in even more? <laughs> but no, it, I, it doesn't literally look like... will not let me to. <laughs> uh, it looks like a flat, so it looks like it would be Obi Wan's perfect his own i one. thank you caleb i think it's I think, ones yes i do too yes well either way um i i can't wait for this show it's it's gonna be absolutely amazing and uh you know ewan said something today that i in an interview that i won't repeat because it might be considered spoilery but it made all of us feel really excited oh, and we all I found freaked a, out hold on. i found a better picture it's great okay we have a better picture here there? See that to me looks looks. Uh... Well, okay. Now Obi Wan's does have like a really thin taper right before his emitter, right at the very tip, and I'm not seeing that here. But it doesn't look enough like Anakin's saber. To we'll, we'll have to re reserve judgment. And later. honestly, this this doesn't really look like a photo. It oh, looks he's... like a paint. Oh, yeah, I was about to say, I, for the yeah. first time, I realized he's walking towards the camera, not away from it. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, I always the just backlighting. See, yeah, it just looks like he's walking away. Uh, that's hilarious. Well, either way, we will be discussing the Kenobi uh, comics when, when it comes out, to be sure. Speaking of new comics, Jacob, what's in the weekly pull list? We got, we got a few this week, uh, uh, just a couple. Uh, first off, we have um, Trail of Shadows, number five. This is the final issue of the miniseries, uh, subtitled Dust, written by Daniel Jose Older with pencils from David Wachter. Uh, the cover is by... David Lopez and the colorist is Giada Marchisio with letters from Joe Sabino. Uh, we have Darth Vader number 20, Queen Shadow Returns, written by Greg Pak with pencils by Rafael Yanko. The cover is by Ryan Stegman and the colorist is Alex Sinclair with letters from Joe Caramanga. And finally, we have the last issue of uh, Star Wars Adventures number 14, uh, written by George Mann and Justina Ireland with art from uh, Butch Mappa and Nick Brokenshire with the A cover is by Francesco Francavilla. We don't normally point out the B covers, um, but for all you High Republic heads out there, uh, we do have a uh, a uh, Deva Lompop uh, cover wow. from Nick Brokenshire Ooh. as well. That's beautiful. So yes, if you do want an art pop Lompop, yes. Uh, so if you you know if you want to 
you know, get your High Republic fix, make sure to pick that up. I unfortunately did not get to grab this today because my uh, comic book store had some shipping delays, but those are the three issues. You, can, of course, can get the links for those down in the YouTube description. Guys, there's some pretty pretty crazy issues today. I mean, Trail Shadows, amazing. Wow. So, so good. I did not realize that the subtitle for that epi- for is that dust. issue was dust. I I don't I don't like that. That's, yeah. that. I don't. I'm not. I'm not a fan of that. That's that, that's if, scary. If, if you know, you know. Uh, yeah. yeah. I think, and I know. Uh, I, yeah, because I saw it was like, I think it was like Sunday. Daniel Jose Older like just posted like a tiny little screen grab on Twitter of like the the like credits page and just like dust. I'm like, oh no, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was I was saying on Twitter that I think. I don't think it's much of a debate if you're not if well you know if you're listening to this you're a comic book reader I'll say that but if you're not a comic book reader who just likes the High Republic I think this is like the single most important comic book you can pick up if you're just if you're just gonna pick up one trade paperback uh, of the comics I would say I would say this has got to be the one um, like one it's a it's self-contained story uh, but yes. two just like the uh, the a greater effect to the overall High Republic like storyline I think is pretty impactful so. You know, if, if if you haven't picked this one up, I would definitely recommend checking it out when it comes out in trade paperback. I have so actually I'm behind on this. Oh wow. Um I I read issue two, but I guess I didn't really pick it up and, and I started reading issue three and I must have been distracted and I was like, I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> and by the time I went back to to start picking up issue two again. It was already after issue four came out. I was like, you know what? I'm just at this point. I'm just going to wait. I'm just going to read read them all all together. Um, so I'm 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 very excited to pick this up and and kind of read all five of these together, um, which is why I don't know anything that's going on in this in this book. Which is why I'm very scared of this of the subtitle. Yes. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I haven't actually been able to get to this one yet today. I was planning on it, but um, I did read the preview that came out on StarWars.com, you know, a few weeks ago, and. Um, I cannot wait to dive into this. I, I think um, the amount of tie-ins to the Fallen Star that this has is absolutely shocking. Like when it was first announced, I thought it was just going to, you know, really maybe be a, a connecting story between Rising Storm and Fallen Star. But uh, I've been really pleased with the amount of big information that we've been getting from, uh, mm-hmm. from this series. It's, it's been really refreshing to see comics getting their due. Yeah, I recently and, actually reread for a whole series like last week. I read the first oh, four, wow. and then when this one came out, I eagerly read it. It's a lot of it's good. It, there's a lot going on here. Um, probably one of the highlights of the whole High Republic so far, as you know, Jacob said. Uh, definitely, you know, make sure that you're kind of getting caught up and don't go into this blind. You know, there's a couple of right. things for this. Like I'm staying away from most previews now until I finish off. Yeah, Fallen same Star. here. Yeah, the the nice thing at least is if you're, if, you know, again, this is probably not going to apply to many people listening to this show, but if you are a High Republic book reader, you got a lot of time during the summer that you maybe can pick up a few trade paperbacks and see what the comics had to offer uh, in that time. Uh, but yeah, it's great story. I will just a teaser, the, the slightest of teasers that is out of context. You will never look at buckets of blood the same ever again. <laughs> that yes oh. that is a fact you, yes. it's like if i can't wait to see, see what that means I, I did see that yes that that was floating around twitter so i did see that and yeah that's that that happened anyways, <laughs> anyways yeah. let's go ahead and get into what we're loving because i don't I, we were not loving that image uh so caleb you've got a community uh submission yes this one i think was submitted last week but it was so apropos so uh, timely this was from our very own blind fates from our discord channel this one was from the ig88 issue we talked about 
was that last week? I think it was. Yes, yes uh, with last week. artist by uh, G.U. Uh, Villanova and colorist by Antonio, Antonio Fabella. Uh, this is from a, um, the IG-88 where he's reminiscing about the War of the Bounty Hunter. So even though IG himself does not appear in this issue or in this panel, there's a, there's a lot going on. So Boba Fett essentially wrecking shop against all the other named bounty hunters. It's, it's a very fun, action-packed sort of thing. Yeah, we got a very... Uh, Terminator-like phalanx down in the bottom corner for Zuxus and Bosk, you know, doing the whole jumping action thing. A lot of really great, uh, you know, colors. Probably more colors in this one page than the rest of the uh, IG-88 uh, issue itself. Yeah, yeah wrong, it's man. really, it's really awesome to see all five, six, six uh, bounty hunters on one page, um, because it. it surprisingly didn't happen that often throughout the book um so it was really awesome to see to see this uh and great submission um but all right let's go ahead and get into what we are reading and we're gonna go right back over to caleb because uh we're gonna do our regular check-in with how are you coming up with catching up with uh the new or the high republic i am doing really well i just finished off uh tempest runner the audio drama starring essentially lorna d her backstory yeah, it was pretty good. I enjoyed it a lot. If you were on the fence about like the Nihil and specifically Lorna D, this will definitely, I think, take you over to being a fan of her. I feel like we should really talk a lot more. There's a really fun like Easter egg tie-in between that and actually, um, and actually uh, the uh, the Trail of Shadows. And when we do the roundtable about it, there, you know, we'll actually talk a bit about that, about how we should actually pronounce that because I think in the they did it wrong in the audio drama. Is it the? Is it the, uh, trying to? It's the. It's a. It's the chant. It's the. Oh. Uh, okay. Yes. Oh. So, yeah. Okay. Oh, yep. Yeah. Yes. Because I think they. They like. They very clearly in the in the comic they said you know it has to rhyme with away, and they're like and in the audio drama it's like it's rye. I'm like that's not that rye doesn't rhyme with away. That's not how it goes. It's shirai shirai. Uh, in my opinion. Fair enough. We'll talk about this when we do our roundtable in a couple months, I'm assuming, when we the trade paperback comes out. Because I feel like we should talk a lot more about that one. But overall, it was pretty good. I think I'm going to take a step back for a few days, and then I'll probably just dash into uh, Fallen Star because I really need to get caught up. Yes, you do. You know, there's, there, there's one thing that I think, because we just touched on it again, and I really want to call it out, is I really love how the High Republic is tying everything together mm. It, it, even yes. if it's subtle in subtle ways, like I am currently reading Midnight Horizon, and I just got to a part where they mentioned the the happenings of uh, the High Republic Adventures, and it's like it doesn't ruin Midnight Horizon, but knowing that what they're talking about and what um, I believe it was was it Ram I think who was talking about about it, uh, yeah, that's right. Ram was making a joke about something that happened in in the the High Republic Adventures, somebody sleeping on a mission. Um, it was just really cool to really see yes. all that, be able to 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 understand that. We've mentioned it twice twice tonight, um, so it's really really interesting that they're taking the time to focus on all of those things. Exactly. I am maybe a, every time I see one of these, I'm like, that's so cool. But I am a little worried that you know, three years down the line, when someone's like, oh, how do I uh, get into the High Republic? Well, it's like, well, you have to read this novel, and then these three comics, and then this uh, junior novel, and then this novel, and then these seven comics, and then these five comics, and then this novel, 
I feel like like trying to go catch through what after it could be will be a uh, we'll see a lot of traffic to utini.com about this preferred yeah, reading order. That's, that's something that that's a project we actually have in the works right now. Yes. I, yeah. I, like I think is Eric, myself, and I don't know if any of the like Trev type people are on. I was it, saying yes. I feel like Trevor would be on. We that. I, I like started a because we talked about this. I don't even remember what meeting. So many we've had so many meetings this year already, and I'm not even in like I'm not even probably in half as many as Emma is. But it's it's been a lot of meetings, and one of those came out of it. We were talking about, um, yeah, like required readings and stuff like that. So I have a big spreadsheet. It's a work in progress. Uh, but yeah, someone like I mean, I I made it my mission to read everything in it. Like looking back on it, it's almost exhausting to to like think about how much stuff mm-hmm. I've ingested on this. And um, well, we're adding five more or what four more authors. So it's kind of terrifying if they yeah, yeah they're like if they're like yeah we're just gonna add I don't know. 20% more books, I would probably die. But hey. Like, you guys know how I'm, like, all caught up now, right? I, I don't know if that's going to be the case once we add more authors. I'm I'm, I'm scared. You know, I'm my, scared about I'm, how much fingers, content we're getting. Fingers crossed that it's just so everyone else that's already been on the team can take a break uh, or I mean, take, take some breaks. But I was about to say, Kevin Scott's written, like, how many, like, issues of comics and books in the last, <laughs> I know. like, 16 months alone? Yeah. And I, yeah, but, and Charles but, Soule, I mean, that doesn't even count like all of his other Star Wars stuff. Like he's been doing high public stuff and just like regular Star Wars stuff. And War the Bounty yeah. Hunters and Crimson Rain and, and Empire. Like, like, and... like Daniel will say older. He's got like two-ish comic book. Well, yeah, he's got two full comic series and like three novels, two novels. These people are also writing well, things that are not Star uh, Wars. And isn't Daniel they are? older yes. also, isn't ho- older also doing the... Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's oh, co-author yeah, the manga. On, on part two of the manga. Yep. So, but luckily, we get to catch a break, catch our breath uh, over the summer because we get a little bit of a break uh, of of the High Republic content, at least. Right. It's a March. It's March through October, right, Jacob? That right. that we the get last, a, 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 the last High Republic thing. Uh, it's weird because uh, yeah, um, the manga comes out digitally in like a week, but comes out in person like physically at like the end of may but not counting that like the like last new piece of content i believe is march uh first uh second i think second uh the second's a wednesday what oh that's comic book i can actually i can actually tell you that yeah march second march second is eye of the storm number two and uh high republic number 15 yes that is correct and the that tuesday is so oh it's the is that the is that the audio drama script or something that comes out uh, on that Tuesday or no, it's March 15th. Uh, uh, mission, March mission 15th. disaster in physical form is the second. Yes. And then uh, the script for Tempest Runner is March 15th. Yes. So many dates. And you know, by the time you listen to this, they're probably all going to be wrong. Cause something got delayed. It's true. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> all right. Well, let's go ahead and take a quick break. And then when we come back, we are going to talk about Boba Fett. Uh, so we, yeah, we'll be right back. All right. We are back. And tonight we are talking about Boba Fett. Yes. Boba Fett. And uh, surprisingly enough, and he's actually for, for somebody who appeared so little in the, uh, the the original trilogy he's actually made his way around in the comic books um i, I was lot. doing some research a lot he was so so i was doing a little bit of research t- today and this is completely an unofficial count and this does not include all just star wars comics but boba fett has appeared in an unofficial count of 355 issues of oh. comic books. that is now 
some of those like the, the the site that I was on, it was talking about, you know, like I said, Mad TV comics and the UK comics and Star Wars comics, but still 355 is a lot. Um, yeah. The most appearances he has in a single title is 20, and that is in the Marvel UK title of Return of the Jedi. They issued that between 1983 and 1986, and that was a, a comic kind of similar to what we're doing, what we see, what we're seeing now uh, in the mainline comic, where it was just based on the movie. Uh, so it was a very short period of time. Uh, so that's why he appeared in 20 issues there. But in uh, the more regular uh, comics, uh, he appeared in the Dark Horse Star Wars Tales nine times. Uh, he appeared. He had seven appearances in the current Bounty Hunter title. Of course, of course, we're not including the War of the Bounty Hunter event. Um, and for a number of titles, including the 77 run of Star Wars, Shadows of the Empire, Dark Empire, War of the Bounty Hunters, you name it. It's pretty much been uh, just about everything. He's a, He has five official um, appearances. Um, but he, and, and a, a majority of his stuff is actually in Legends. Uh, so Jacob, you, we've got a list of, of titles that he has appeared in. So we'll, why don't you want to go ahead and share those with us? Oh boy. Yeah. You got, you, you, you curated quite the list here and I've heard of, well, like actually I, I have to give a quick shout out to uh, our buddy, Jared from, from Legends Look Back. I asked my sister, Jared, you're the expert here. Uh, what do we need to know about Boba Fett and Legends? And he sent me a great list. So thank you for that. Yeah, this is, I, I've heard of like one of these, uh, maybe two of these, but uh, <laughs> we got, oh boy, uh, Boba Fett, Death, Lies, and Treachery from 1997. Boba Fett, Twin Engines of Destruction. That is a very 90s title. Uh, oh, yeah, it's a very 90s comic. Very also 90s. 97. Uh, Boba Fett, Enemy of the Empire, 99. Uh, Boba Fett, Agent of Doom, 2000. Uh, Boba Fett, Overkill, 2006. That's Boba a very early 2000s title. Yeah. Uh, Boba <laughs> Fett, Blood Ties, uh, 2010, which Legends Look Back did an episode on that if you want to check that out. And then uh, a sequel, uh, Boba Fett, Blood Ties, Boba Fett is Dead, tw 2013. Uh, and then also, of course, he played a pretty major role or a, a sizable role in Dark Empire 1 and 2. Of course, you also have Shadows of the Empire, which we've talked about. Um, so, oh, and yeah, yeah, that's that, that's legend. I was about to say something canon, but that's uh, that's uh, would we say Boba Fett is dead is probably the I don't want to say most popular, but most notable of that of, of that list, at least the cover. I mean, yeah, like it's a direct sequel to Blood Ties, which is actually really good. Like if you're we said a lot of words here. Uh, Blood Ties is a really good one. That's one from 2010. That is a really solid kind of beginning, middle, and end plot. Really solid. Also, the uh, Boba Fett series of Death, Lies, and Treachery is like a, a collection of three little short stories that are tied together. And the most important thing about, oh, yeah, there's Boba Fett is dead. Fun spoiler warning, he's not actually dead, just so you know. <laughs> like you don't know. But the uh, Insane. The uh, Death, Lies, and Treachery is really good because, if only because the art is done by Cam Kennedy, who did all mm -hmm. the art for uh, Dark Empire. So if you really like that kind of watercolor, soft look with the like really neon colored skins and everything, that's the continuation of it. Uh, kind of goofy plots, but it's really good. Like if you were into that and aesthetic, what read that. It's great. Like pretty short stories, really fun. You can see Hutz being slime bows. It's great. 
Oh, um, no. well, I did not read that one. I, I would have remembered <laughs> that happening. Um, but I did read uh, Blood Ties and, uh, and, and its sequel in preparation for this show. And I really enjoyed Blood Ties. The sequel was also really interesting. I wasn't a huge fan of his characterization in the last issue for, you know, some uh, reasons. But um, <laughs> let's just say this, it made me really appreciate how he's being characterized in the book of Boba Fett right now. You know, I think he's like much more respectful towards people, you know, like children. Um, so, yep, so yeah, yeah. He, so, he a child in there. So yeah. yeah. So his list of, of canon appearances, uh, if we're ca- talking strictly comics is much shorter than that, Emma. Uh, why don't you go yeah. ahead and give us a rundown of what, where he's appeared in, in, in canon. Yeah, much much shorter list, shockingly, because Boba Fett translates so well into comics. Um, so we have uh, Age of Rebellion, the Boba Fett issue, um, you know, a single issue there. Uh, that's from 2019. And um, I don't know who counted this, but thank you for that. Um, it says he count. He says exactly four words in <laughs> in this comic. Mm-hmm. That's hilarious. That, that's very <laughs> Boba Fett to be, especially back. Well, yes. it is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was very like uh, 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 pre-Return of the Jedi incidents. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, so that's great. Um, that is it as far as titled works go. But of course, we have War of the Bounty Hunters, which is, it was kind of marketed as the Boba Fett series. Would you guys agree with me there? That it was marketed definitely. as yeah. Boba definitely. Fett series? Yep. Okay. And even though we like, Kira definitely stole the show. I still would say it's still a Boba Fett story. He's yeah. the kind of throughput for which the story is told and seen, at least in the main line. Yeah, and yeah. the cool he, thing he is- was he was in all of them in, in the main line, and even some of the some of the the tie-in mm-hmm. ones as right. well. So he had a big presence. Yeah, and the cool thing is, if you want to learn more about War of the Bounty Hunters, we have like half a dozen episodes on War of the Bounty Hunters. So you're, you're, <laughs> you're there's there's no shortage of our of our coverage on that that event. <laughs> It is. Please, please give it a listen. We, uh, you know, that, that was a lot of talking about where the bounty hunters, but you know what? It's good. It's good. It's good stuff. Um, and uh, lastly, we he also appeared in both the uh, Darth Vader and Star Wars series um, from 2015. So a surprisingly short list there. Um, I imagine, especially after Book of Boba Fett, that we are going to be seeing more of him in the comics, or at least I hope so. Yeah, I mean, he's already... Oh... Well, because he was in, speaking of uh, better or, you know, improved characterizations of him. Uh, yeah, he's gotten a lot better from his early Bounty Hunters appearances. Uh, yes, yes, that is true. Yeah, I'm trying Did did he go into Bounty Hunter or no, it's it's, it's he's not in, like the current crew in the like, no, Bounty Hunters, the Bounty Hunter series. Yeah, he, yes. he's off doing whatever. OK, that's what I thought. It's like because I like a lot of those characters kind of scattered. And I was like, I couldn't mm-hmm. remember who right. where. But yes. He is off doing his own thing. Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of a rundown of his impact, you know, numerically in comics. Let's talk a little bit about his, like, it a little bit more uh, in general. Like, you know, Boba Fett has been around a lot. I think it was Jared from the Living Look, uh, from the Legends Look Back, who said that it's like every single canon, canon comic book was either a Darth Vader series or a Boba Fett series. And sometimes <laughs> they were both. So he was definitely a really uh, 
power player when it comes to comic. So we've read a bunch of those over the series, maybe not the whole exhaustive list, but just in general, what when you guys think of Boba Fett comic, what makes you think, ooh, I want to read that? What's the, uh, what are the things you want to see in a Boba Fett comic? What makes a good one? I think a very stylized splash page uh, that mm. really, I mean, Boba Fett is so iconic and, and, and that is, I think what makes him such he's got, I mean, he's got prior to 2010 ish when, when we got more Mandalorians in the clone wars, he was the only Mandalorian we had. So mm. his look was the only person who had that look and it was such a good look for comics. So when I think when when I, when I what I want from a perfect from a from you know Boba Fett comic I want those splash pages I want uh, you know seeing his full arsenal of knee blasters and and whistlers on it you know and and fire coming out of his out of his uh, wrist and shooting off the rock like that's that's what I what I what I what I think of when I think of Boba Fett and and seeing that in comic form it really, really resonates well. I think that's the perfect medium for him and all of his, in his full arsenal. What about the rest of you guys? I, I have one real quick. I, I see, whenever I think of Boba Fett comic, I, I envisioned a scene where he walks into a cantina and everyone looks at him and like everyone goes silent because his reputation precedes him in such a degree. Once he walks in, Boba Fett is on everyone's lips and there's the silence as a wonder, is he here for me? And of course, you know, I want to see his tools. Like, I want to see the moment that things get a little hairy and lean down and the, the, the jetpack rocket shoot off and blow a huge hole into whatever was uh, uh, enticing him and whatever was trying to fall on him or attack him. I just want to see the jetpack uh, rocket go off. And that's always a, that's a real uh, watershed moment every time it comes up. So bar scenes and cool gadgets yeah i would agree with that um i'm gonna kind of take a different approach to this question for a second and say what i do not like in a boba fett comic so everything else everything else is like pretty much cool with me um but i am gonna start with one thing that i do like that i think blood ties did very well which was to show his internal emotions um, I thought that was really neat how they did that because that was really rare for early Boba Fett comics. And frankly, like any Boba Fett comics, it's just rare to get sort of that like more emotional side of Boba Fett, which I hope is going to be more normalized after Book of Boba Fett because he really is an interesting character once you look uh, you know, past all of the badassery and, and coolness. Um, one thing that I noticed while reading a lot of the older comics and if, unfortunately this has happened in some of the newer comics as well is just like bad treatment of women. That is something that like absolutely cannot be in a Boba Fett comic. I mean, I was reading uh, the sequel to Blood Ties, mm. when Boba Fett is dead. And he literally told this woman, I own you now. And I was like, oh, that's so disgusting. That is so gross. Like, you know, that just, because that's not his character right like that i think that's what you, what it used to be but that's not it anymore um he's he's a, a much more respectful person and i think deep down he's always had a lot of respect for everyone and i think book of boba fett has only proven that so i'm excited to see what the future of 
Boba Fett stories is in terms of like, you know, getting his internal emotions and, and, you know, being more welcoming and respectful towards all people, no matter what. Um, but I agree, like good action sequences is always a must with Boba Fett because he has like one of the coolest arsenals in Star Wars. You got to use it all. Um, yeah, just I agree with everything that you guys have said. Yeah, I think for like arsenals, uh, like I read, yeah, one of the one of the comics I did read for today was Blood Tie, like the OG Blood Ties. And that has like a really cool mo- moment where like he's in a fight. And he's like, uh, like it like there are like little like dialogue boxes. It's like blasters flamethrower yeah missile <laughs> like uh like uh like ocular hood fist if, yeah if it was like he's like unarmed <laughs> fist and like punch he like punches someone and it's like the like most ridiculous like comic booky thing ever but i kind of love it but like as far as like a, a story thing like i honestly don't see it happening at least with like where i think he, his character's go- why well, i'm not really sure but where i think his character's going i'm not sure it's going to happen but i really I'm not like you know I'm not the most well-read person in legends but I really liked his um his story in Karen Travis's bloodlines and like his exploration of like being a Mandalorian and being a leader of the Mandalorian people while not like being raised in that culture it, like he's like an outsider in some ways and like he's kind of like grappling with that identity and um having that like mantle of like Mandalore and and without like yeah, being raised in the culture directly. I think it's a very interesting direction for his character. And if there was ever a way to, you know, maybe not take that exact story, but take elements and flavors of that story. And I think we we got a little bit of that in Book of Boba Fett of him trying to be a leader rather than, you know, his own person. Um, but, you know, I, I would definitely take more of that in a comic book. I'd be interested to see where they would go with that. That sounds so, incredibly interesting, and honestly, I feel like I should read that book now. That sounds really well, cool. <laughs> the problem is, it's the it's the second book of Legacy of the Force, which, I, well, you can be Corey and start with book nine. I would not recommend that. But okay. I might see. I still read it from like you know book one to book nine, but it builds off of so much like post Return of the Jedi stuff that like there's like oh. probably there's probably like thirty books you should read before you read oh. this book. Is that the one? Oh, hey, look! Sure enough, that's yes. a, that's a Boba oh, Fett. Look not, at that cover. Not, my awesome. my favorite Boba Fett story. Not of, to be confused. Uh, not to be confused with Claudia Gray's Bloodline. This is Karen Travis Bloodlines, plural. And I said, and not to be confused with a comic we were talking about, Blood yeah. Ties. Blood Ties. Yes. Oh yeah. my goodness gracious! Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> like if you probably like wanted to really understand this, like I was okay, I made by, but if you really wanted to understand the story, you probably need to read at least New Jedi Order, which is yeah, like nineteen books. Yes. Ooh, and that then, sounds and like I, quite the rabbit hole. <laughs> and actually, I did not realize this until right now. Karen Travis wrote this. Yes, which, which also of course means, she, of, of course she did. Yeah, it has she's Mandalore stuff in it, and like yeah, she is like. There's a small Mandalorian translation like part in the book, like like just like appendix kind of type thing. So you know maybe you need. To read oh, that a, was in uh, that was in Republic, Republic Commando. Commando. That was the thing. Uh, yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah she, that was the thing I was gonna say next. I'm like, maybe you need to read the tattoo. I'm not sure. I haven't read those books. Where's Jared? Help. <laughs> <laughs> Help us, Jared. You're our only hope. Legends, legends, legends. I think that's it. He should be here in like the next couple minutes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's usually how it works. It's we just need to have fun. him on Zoom in the background, yes. like, like all the time, like, and like, then just like call him in when we need him. <laughs> you have a phone, like who wants to be a millionaire? Who wants to be a Mandalorian? We need Jared on our speed like, dial. Jared, pull that up. <laughs> yeah. So, speaking of like, uh, you know, Mandalorian culture and words and things like that. Okay, this is not a secretary at all. 
during the Boba Fett comics, how much dialogue do we like to see from the man in the helmet himself? Do we like to see him be very verbose or very succinct? Like, should we like how much dialogue do we feel like it's too much dialogue for a Boba Fett comic? Well, so I'm going to just start off by saying that four words is too little. Um, <laughs> I, I think that, you know, we might all be able to agree with that. Um, I think I personally really like when there is more dialogue and it doesn't necessarily have to be like vocal dialogue. It can be like an internal monologue. That is also fine. Um, I, I just, I like when we get to know what's going on inside of his head and that definitely requires a lot more dialogue than we would normally get. Um, so I'm definitely in the camp of more is better with Boba Fett because he, in, in my mind, you know, my wish for Boba Fett is for him not just to be like, I don't want his only thing that's going for him is that he's this big badass. You know, I, I want to know, you know, what's inside his head. What is it like to know that you're a clone? Like that must be nuts. And all of that is going to require a lot of, of dialogue. And I know that I, I might be in the minority here. Um, so Caleb, I'm, I'm interested to hear what you have to say. Um, I think there's a, a good middle point here. Um, I like the comic where that I was talking about with the uh, Age of Rebellion. It was definitely a, it was a Boba Fett comic, but the entire point was that people were running from Boba Fett. So you saw like everyone reacting to his legend and who he was. That was a lot of fun watching people, uh, you know, panicking when he came in or just giving up and saying whatever they thought he wanted to hear so they could get out of this interaction alive. So that was a, that was kind of like, a really fun thing to do for a one shot, not something you could do with every little thing. Uh, definitely, yeah. I think having a Boba Fett as an internal monologist is a very important thing. Like the last thing you want to do is see Boba Fett see like spout out like four paragraphs of text uh, talking about things like in an expositional sort of way to other characters. Because you know what little we see in the uh, actual movies, like the you know, the original way we saw Boba Fett. He is not a talker. Exactly. You know, he he, exactly. I, so like having him just uh, like internally monologue so we can get an idea of where his mind is at is a good idea. Sometimes it's fun to have the outsides so like, what's Boba Fett going to do? Is he going to shoot them or not shoot them? So, but having an internal monologue is good, but like Darth Vader, you cannot have him, you know, speak for too long by himself. Right. I, I, yeah, I was going to say, I would much prefer an inner monologue compared to dialogue, but I still don't imagine him being a wordsmith in his head. I mean, it's, it's still going to be, he's still a man of man, a few words, whether it's externally or internally. So uh, I still wouldn't want, I, I would definitely prefer the inner, the inner monologue in the comic form, but I still don't want a lot of words from him. He's, he's, he, his MO is a man of action. And, and I know you've got a quite, you, you, you were going to talk about that in a, in a, in a couple of questions here, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think that he's, he's a man of many words, whether it's to himself or, or to those around. Him. Yeah. I, I think, you know, the, the, the mark of a good Boba Fett, like um, writing to me is when he does use words, they're very purposeful and very impactful. Like, you know, he, he doesn't want to waste words. Like he's very, deliberate with what he says so yeah i, I mostly i think agree yeah. with what everyone's saying here absolutely so this is where we might have some disagreement here 
we've kind of gone through and dogpiled a lot of this, but after our kind of rapid read through and watching all of Bo- Book of Boba Fett, what is your personal favorite Boba Fett comic story? Do we have anyone who wants to go first? Mm, I, I'll go. I had a really hard time thinking about this, honestly, because um, I was instantly leaning towards War of the Bounty Hunters, but honestly, we didn't get enough Boba Fett in there for me for me to say that. Um, I honestly think I'm going to say Blood Ties, the, the 2010 one, the first one. Um, and I say that because we got this sort of, again, like the internal stuff that I really like from Boba Fett. Um, getting to see how Django treated him as a child in the first issue was also really eye-opening and shows basically like, you know, why he, why he is what he is. Like, you know, if your father made you go fight this gigantic beast, right? Like on your own with zero warning, uh, the most dangerous beast in the galaxy, I think you'd be pretty mad too. Um, so I think that that kind of opened my eyes more to the character. I also found that side plot interesting with like his, you know, I guess I, I kind of tried to do the math. I think it's his like quarter brother or something like that. Is it um, his nephew or? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's like. um bio- or Biologically his son or. Well, is biologically his, his brother, his twin brother's son. So it, he, right. it is so his it's nephew. Django's clone. Django's clone had a son. So that would be his, his cousin, nephew. right? Well, his, Jan- his nephew. Django's clone is his brother. Even yes. though they're Someone all draw bio- a family tree. Yeah, because Django yeah. has Boba and this and, kid. And, or, and, or, or, a million, or and a million brothers. Yes. So, yeah. Uh-huh. Bro- brother. Uh-huh. Uh, and then the, one of these uh, brothers. I, I can't do a, I can't do a, uh, a D. Bradley Clone Baker impression. Accent. Yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, I'm not, I'm not New Zealand. Uh, I'm not Kiwi, but, uh, so then that brother has a son. So it is yes. his nephew. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Okay. Uncle Boba. Uncle Boba. That, that feels weird because honestly in the comic, <laughs> it felt like they had more of a brother, you know, or a sibling relationship, but I thought that the whole dynamic was really interesting. I didn't care so much for the sequel, um, which I'm probably in the minority there i just the original was a little bit of it bizarre (laughs) the the original the first one was better the sequel was yeah okay but it definitely added a few kind of weirdness like you know boba fett not only is he the world's deadliest bounty hunter but he's also the world's greatest deadbeat dad who went out for smokes and never (laughs) came back and then and then his uh and his nephew is like you know gonna try to steal his wife that was like really weird i don't know but yeah if i had to pick one story and again like i haven't read all of them there's there's so many um i i kind of had this like master plan to like try to read all of them th- that jared sent me this week See, and then my week got really crazy yeah, it's like i just always so, assume i'm going like I, I never set the bar high so i don't let myself down mm-hmm. that's it that's a great idea and i should have done that so my, yeah anyways out of the ones that i read blood ties however that could change if i read more yeah, it's like my expectation for myself is to read something. So if it does happen, then I'm like, yes. Uh, <laughs> one comic. Yeah, it's like one I, issue. I, I, I read more than an issue. Thank you very much. 
two issues four issues Jacob, what was your favorite uh mine is well yeah it's i mean okay i have read all the canon uh boba fett stuff so there's that but uh, i read blood ties as well the og and i think that was my favorite and i think that's not gonna i think that's gonna be a common opinion here uh, i don't know as yeah. caleb has but yes that was i mean i think it was better than the canon boba fett stories i have read in, in comics I, I i i thought the art uh, we've talked about we talked about this every once in a while with like dark horse era legends where the art is just mm. different it, yeah. it just like yes. stylistically it's a different approach and you know uh i, I enjoy it you know we, we talk a lot about uh, talk a lot here at utina about doesn't matter if it's legends or canon or whatever like you, you know enjoy what you enjoy it's all star wars and you know we can appreciate a little bit of everything so i do enjoy the art in these um and it was just a a different story something very like unique i think uh that i hadn't really ever thought of you know like we have uh cut laquane in clone wars but like this is yeah you know we have another clone with children but like this is you know it's not a very common story to approach yeah again drawing the complex family tree of Django to clone <laughs> identical son to clone all identical millions of sons but they're a generation older so then the the son is kind of all Django's equal, but then Boba is a generation younger. But then that clone's son is Boba's age. <laughs> but then is Boba his his dad or his nephew or his, or his uncle or his cousin? It's like <laughs> so, you ever read Antigone or like uh, Oedipus Rex or any of that? Mm. It's basically that mm. stuff going on right now. It's wild. Well, well it's so well, funny because mm, like yeah, uh, I took a Rex genetics a little close. Yeah, <laughs> I, I took a genetics course last semester, and we learned how to make pedigrees you know which is like the medical name for a family tree and i would not want to draw his family tree for an assignment i think i would do very poorly i i'm confused it, like when it's boba fett's birthday does he get like two million birthday gifts like how does that work <laughs> and, and, especially, and, and we are they all the same are they all the same date we also have to remember that he also has one sister this is true yeah we're this we're, is true yeah okay. yeah Scratch what I said earlier. We need an an Omega meets Boba comic book story. Yes, please. I did kind oh of pitch goodness. that for like our um. Oh, what was, was our, it the, you, the women oh, our comic draft or the draft? That was what it was. Yes, but yeah, yeah. Give me some Omega comic books. Well, I know we know Bad Batch season two is coming, so they're not going to touch that in the comic books until at least it, that's over. But you know, right? Caleb, what was your favorite? Uh ooh. There's a lot of good ones. There's a lot of mediocre ones, but um, I think I'll actually go with Boba Fett, the uh, collection of lies, de- or death, lies, and treachery from 97. If only because it has the Cam Kennedy artwork and that is such like an iconic look of Boba Fett. You know, it's the mm-hmm. one who reintroduced him back into the, what was then the canon series. Uh, we get to see him being just like at the apex of his terror and his power. There's a lot of really interesting things that go that goes on in that series where you can't have, have like a major antagonist that carries on through for the series. There's a lot going on. It's um like, I, well, I say it's the greatest thing ever and you have to drop everything to go out and read it. No, but you know, it, it, there is a lot of uh, good there. I do want to have a special uh, shout out to, um, I think we talked, we didn't talk about it on the Ostrander one, but there's a uh, series of called um, uh, Agent of the Empire, which is kind of like the Star Wars uh, James Bond series. And he has one element in that James Bond series where the, our tracks are uh, 
titular agent of the empire essentially like sets it up so that boba fett that he gets boba fett to uh fight him even though he knows he'll lose against boba fett and then you know have him think that it was boba was hired he essentially like sets up boba fett as like an intergalactic wrecking ball to kill all the enemies that he needs and that was a really fun like dynamic of like boba fett is on the same tier of darth vader of just like you just can't wind him up and let him go and nothing can stop him so <laughs> a lot of really fun ones here um yeah for sure now tyler did have to leave the uh cast early he had to deal with some uh stuff he told us about this earlier but he also did leave a note here thank you for leaving notes he's the only one who did of that his favorite was the age of rebellion uh the one where he says all of four words at the end mainly because Tyler's an art snob and he loves the art. And that's absolutely <laughs> true. The art on that, uh, well, it's not as maybe as dynamic and, and like colorful as the Camp Kennedy or as um, like almost photorealistic as the ones in the uh, Blood Ties. Like it is just really solid, like modern digital, like detailed, like characters all on model, like good artwork right now. So uh, Age of Rebellion is a really good, like one thing you want to get into if you want to watch some uh, some really good new Boba Fett being cool here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I have to give another shout out to um, Dark Empire because that's where we get the famous Boba Fett line, the Sarlacc mm -hmm. found me somewhat indigestible. So I, I feel like we'd be remiss if we didn't uh, mention that one. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll definitely say that. I, I, so I'm looking at Comicsology right now, or not Comicsology. Um, oh, look, what's called? Uh, no, uh, Marvel Unlimited. Uh, sorting mm. through these night, these late teen, late nineties, like Cam Kennedy involved Boba Fett series is almost impossible. Uh, is is Marvel Unlimited? Please fix your stuff. It's it, it's. But anyways, uh, I did find one of them. This is not the one you're talking about exactly, but gotta love the 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 classic watercolor style. Oh yeah, that's it. It's um. Is it just? Sorry, go ahead. No, I was about to say, this, this is what I'm talking about. It's just like how everything looks like it's in a neon wash. And like, it really makes you feel like it's on an alien planet. Like every, like the sun must be green on that uh, solar system. Yeah. I, I feel like this, uh, I feel like kind of what I'm about to say might be really unpopular, but uh -oh. does anybody else have a really hard time figuring out what's going on in these Cam Kennedy At times? I think, I think it definitely makes you pause and really like mm. look at what's happening like you know it might yeah it's not like it's not spoon fed to me like i definitely have to like use yeah. my brain a little bit yeah i like i, I understand what you're saying but it is like yeah. it is weird when there's only four colors and three of them are yes. green yes exactly i think that's what i have a hard time with and i don't know for some reason like my family's always joked that i'm like partially colorblind and sometimes when i'm reading these comics i wonder if i am because i like i can't tell what's happening it's like and i feel bad because these are like really iconic you know this is, cam kennedy is a very iconic star wars comic artist and so i feel bad saying that but it's it's true i i have some difficulty with it is your dad colorblind no no one's then, in my family's you, colorblind you, well if your dad's not if your dad's not colorblind then you are genetically incapable of being colorblind so it's true i i, sh I should have known that for my genetics course yeah, last semester yeah. darn it it's like you could have told me that probably but <laughs> yeah but yes Ooh, absolutely yep. so we got a couple of like things about boba fett here that we should probably touch on uh this is a, a quote that boba fett always gets his man do we feel like that statement has preceded Boba Fett to such a point like this is a wobbly question because comics are relatively 
are relative and the artists and writers can do different things, but has the myth of Boba Fett exceeded the capabilities of the man? I think mm, in the book really... of Boba Fett, in the series that we're seeing, we have definitely seen this come true in a way that his myth agree. is definitely greater. But in these comics yes. where we see him at the prime of his youth and at this most well-armed, how do you guys feel about that? That's what I was just about to clarify because, because I, I think, you know, we have to separate for the sake of argument, the book of Boba Fett and Boba Fett in the comics, because you're right. It is, it is different. I think, um, I think it was interesting to see that in almost every comic that I have read with Boba Fett, that uh, it always shows at least one person being absolutely terrified of him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that myth definitely follows him wherever he goes. Um, and in the comics, he's pretty much always shown himself to be very capable, especially especially in um, the sequel to Blood Ties. I mean, I you know how he escaped that whole situation i have no clue but obviously that shows he's he's very capable and um and so i i think in the comics the myth is very uh is not as much of a of a you know fable as maybe it is in in book of boba fett he lives up to everybody's fears of him yeah yeah i think I don't know. It's very, it's very nineties, two thousands e comics to just be like, yes, he's invincible. And it's like it's Boba Fett. Yeah, he's gonna, he, he'll be fine. Yeah, like exactly. Who's gonna, who's gonna stop the big bad bounty hunter? Probably no one. And <laughs> yeah, to tie into something that Emma said a while ago about you know, in s- several of these nineties comics, Boba Fett is not is less than ideal to in his treatment of women and then you know, people of that nature, well, women, people underneath him. He's a very, he has a kind of a cruel streak a lot of times in early 90s comics. And that's, I feel like that's because a lot of artists and writers specifically uh, saw Boba Fett as like a palette of like, this is going into like some big sort of uh, discussions here of like the ultimate male identity. Like he's the ultimate super cool mercenary (laughs) badass. Like he can do no, he can do no wrong. Boba drink as the, much look go ahead i was like are you saying boba fett is the epitome of toxic max masculinity is that where uh, we're going yes with this conversation? that is exactly what i'm saying boba fett That's is, tox- is. Mm, 90s yo dark horse era boba fett is a toxic masculinity totem pole like he is at the apex of it like you know he it's not that we ever saw that in the comics or in a lot of the novels but like if your average dude looks at boba fett and sees him like be a cool dude like well, of course he's going to drink a lot of whiskey and, and and have a lot of um he's going to have a lot of like uh slapping of women across the faces and they and they'll love him for it because he's boba fett and he's a cool dude and no one would ever uh disrespect boba fett Except no, here we are, in, you know, several years later, and we had a really good Boba Fett series that has put a lot of humanization into him. So Boba Fett is a lot more interesting now than he was then because he was kind of a um, a vessel to pour a lot of, you know, mm, bad male trends of the time into, to put it as delicately as possible. I would say. Yeah, I mean, I I have literally never been more happy for more. Boba Fett content in this day and age because I think for me I always I always used to look at Boba Fett as that you know toxic male sort of godlike figure in Star Wars fulfillment of uh, the male gaze 
yeah, exactly, exactly. And so I always kind of looked at him like that. So I, I never really liked the character because I didn't feel like he was for me. And so now that we're getting these new Boba Fett stories, although, you know, one of the comics hasn't really done a great job, but, you know, we talked about that when it came yep. out. Um, but it's gotten in better, though. the show, at least, it has. it has gotten better. It has. In the show, you know, the book of Boba Fett, I have been very pleased with his his portrayal and and how he is much more um empathetic to the people around him and not even just women but also like aliens and um like citizens of Mos Espa that technically he rules you know um this is not a spoiler from from today it's something that happened but uh you know he like shows respect to the citizens by like bowing to them and I was like oh that's um that's like really awesome. We would have never seen uh, Boba Fett do that in, you know, in the early nineties, in, in the dark exactly. comics. Like, yeah, it's definitely fun to see him as a different sort of, um, as like an evolved sort of character. Like it's weird to think that his time amongst like a, you know, usually very xenophobic and isolationist Tuscan Raiders with who also cover up their faces all the time has turned him into a more interesting human being. Yeah, which also in turn makes the Tuscans also very interesting. I don't know if I would call the Tuscans xenophobic. I think that's a little far. I mean, they're mm, that's the best word to put this. Isolationist. I, I, yeah, isolationist yeah, is probably a better maybe, term or for just it. like yes. yeah. I mean, they're they're protecting what is like, you know their ancestral land. Um, I, I I would I would I would say the opposite that the you know most humans on Tatooine are xenophobic in that way. Uh, well, mm, you know, true. But, um, but yeah, I I get what you were trying to say. Just that yeah, they're a little yeah. Um, but they, he he learned uh, very from a very interesting teacher. So yes, and he's come a long way. And I I think we can all of us here, including Tyler. Uh, would agree that I think Boba Fett is in a lot better place character wise and story wise than he was 20 years ago. Yeah. I, you know, yeah, I, 100%. I, I'll, I'll get, I'll give, you know, I'll, I'll give, I'll throw a bone to my legends boys uh, and, and girls and uh, uh, non-binary people. And that is, I, you know, I, I personally, I do like a little villainous Boba Fett. There are absolutely limits. And a lot of times the legends, we like, shoved way past those limits you know but like see prince Caesar. i was about to say we're getting close to like was he was he on Caesar's uh like you know on from loot to Caesar? was he all the way to Caesar? he was getting pretty close yeah he's getting kind of close i'm okay with you know yeah for you know for someone who like i love myself some prequels and sequels and all star wars but as someone who you know who identified more with like a real original trilogy storytelling growing up I like I do like a little villainous Boba Fett. I like a little like you know. It's sometimes I think it's okay to just have like <laughs> the action figure Boba Fett. Where like I mean, let's be real. His yeah. character was the action figure for like <laughs> twenty years. Um, it's true. And, and that's why everyone thought he was so cool. You had to send in those like mail-in proofs of pur- purchase to get that Kenner action figure of Boba <laughs> Fett. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I like I'm okay with villain Boba Fett. I'm also totally okay with redeemed Boba Fett in uh in in the uh current canon in in the TV show. But again, there are limits. You can be a bad guy. Yes. Within reason. Like and you know, it, well, excuse villainy and blowing up planets, but disrespecting women is too far. This is true. Yeah. Uh yeah, no, I mean, I, I I'm glad you brought that up because um because you know, I've been saying a lot 
uh, during the show that, uh, you know, I've, I really like getting the more emotional and empathetic side of Boba Fett, but that doesn't mean that he always has to be the good guy in my mm. eyes. As long as he just has a base level of respect for people, mm-hmm. that is like all I ask for. Yeah. Again, like, um, yeah. It, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Just like we were saying no, earlier, like it, it, it's, it's you know, it's kind of like the Utini code. Like what you like, you know, like we're not, you know. Yeah. If, if Legends, yeah, if Legends action hero Boba Fett is your dude, you know, Go more power it. to it. There's some great stories. There are good stories you can find, like Blood Ties. Like Blood Ties, Boba Fett's not a good dude. Yeah. Like he still does like some bad stuff. I mean, he, you know. It, he's not totally bad. I think you know there are he has some redeeming qualities in there, but he's still on the whole probably not a great guy. But uh, there, there's a fine line, and you know where you draw that line is up to you. But uh, you know I think all of us have determined where we we put it, and uh, yeah, we, we just want okay. we just want good content. <laughs> yes, exactly. Now, speaking of good content, the last question I have here, uh, this might be a bit of a, a pretty straightforward question, but does Boba Fett deserve his own comic series in the Marvel series? Or maybe even the Dark Horse, with however the uh, publication uh, is the going. All ages stuff? Yeah, do, does Boba Fett need his own series right now? Ooh, I, I have a very easy answer to this. This is, uh, this is very, you know, after today, it's an absolute yes. I think, although today, maybe no. I think once we get into that post-Return of the Jedi era, I would love to see it. Um, specifically, I would love some stuff with him and Fennec in the comics. I think those two would absolutely slay in their own comic series because they have great banter that is built for comics, honestly. Um, both of them you know, are capable of such dynamic action and their, their backgrounds, their stories have so much left, you know, potential wise i mean there's so much potential in all of their stories you know i, I want to maybe we could even do some more flashbacks and see what fennec's early life was like um and get some more boba fennec team-ups so i think once we get to that era you know after after the era we're currently in i think there's i, I can almost guarantee that there's going to be some pretty awesome boba stories coming in the next few years or i hope so at least <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I'll take a slightly different approach to this. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I, okay, well, I, ha- I had one thought about it, and then you mentioned Fennec, and my mind, like, kind of, like, paused a little bit, because I do love her character, and I do want to see more of her, and, and more of that story. I think, on the whole, though, I, I don't need Boba Fett, like, I could use a nice Boba Fett miniseries, mm-hmm. or a nice Boba Fett maxi series. I don't need an ongoing Boba Fett series, to be honest. I think Agreed. the, the, um, like, I think especially with Vader is hit Vader I think has hit like a bit of an oversaturation point. <laughs> Maybe a little bit more than a bit of an oversaturation point in comics. <laughs> like he's he's a, he touches everything. And like I think he's a cool character, but he doesn't need to be touching everything in comics. Um and I th- I I would I would worry that if Boba Fett became an ongoing character in a in like an ongoing comic book series, it would have a similar effect. Um, you know, I like, I like my characters in moderation. There's also something to be said mm-hmm. about the amount of like, l- I guess, legacy characters, like your, your, your big original trilogy tent poles taking up, yep. a, you know, too much of the comics, uh, uh, bandwidth. Like, you know, we do appreciate our Afras and we at times appreciate Valence, um, more so than we did la- like a year or two ago. Um, 
but I like, you know, I like comics because it allows us to do things that are different. And I feel like focusing an ongoing series on Boba Fett would not give me different. Uh, so yes, give me, give me, you know, give me six issues, give me eight issues, give me ten issues of a Bo- of a cool, unique, worthwhile Boba Fett story that needs to be told. But I don't need just Boba Fett doing his typical adventures for like twenty five issues. I'm pretty much, I, I thought I'd be in the minority here, but yeah, I do not think we need a Boba Fett series uh, like in the next two years. Like if they announced it and if they did it, you know, we're suckers, we'll read it. We, we're, we're, we're contractually <laughs> obligated to talk about every Star Wars comic that comes out. So yeah, I'd be excited if they announced it, but I think Boba Fett has hit a kind of a point where he is such a big sort of thing. I feel like the series is uh, like, um, where the uh, shows are going definitely have a lot more to tell and i feel like they would couldn't really put a comic series in with the book of boba fett what with the television show still being produced and uh put out so and that's, that's the point. boba fett i want to see more of like yes. as a, as we already explained like if you want to see boba fett in his prime like in his in between like the age of the empire there's 300 issues of boba fett doing that sort of thing uh, I want to see Boba Fett be more interesting and more dynamic moving forward. And that would require him to be modern, you know, current Boba Fett, Book of Boba Fett. So I feel like we need to take a step back, see what Mandalorian Season 3 has to uh, say, because I he's going to show up in Mandalorian Season 3. It's almost, you know, straight money that he'll be there. So I think he's had a really cool and great impact on comics. But I think he needs to... I, you know, step back and let some other uh, things ferment and new uh, ones come on out. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Cool character. And you know, like like you said, if they if they just come out tomorrow, like, hey, we're making a Boba Fett series, we're all gonna read it. Like, that's a, like, <laughs> yeah. would you read it? And do you necessarily want it? Are two very different conversations. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. so true. Yes, we. You know, it's like you're like, hey, we're making a. Uh, God. We're making a Max, a Max Rebo series, which I like. I had oh. that thought in my mind. And I'm like, well, no, like I would legit read that. Like, if <laughs> yeah. if, if Daniel Jose Older wrote a Max Rebo series, because I feel oh like my god, can you imagine that? Oh. <laughs> oh, he's the perfect person like, to write that. Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> this, you can't com- tease us like this. Yeah, this conversation is like, going to slack. <laughs> I was about to say, like, yeah. you could you could make a comic series about literally any Star Wars character and like Drew oh, what's McCool. this? Drew McCool, the guy running yeah. with the uh the running of oh, the uh, Will Row Hood. Will Hood, like I would read that comic. Yeah. <laughs> exactly like maybe any star wars character and you can make a comic about it and that's kind of why we're here it's because star wars comics are cool because star wars yeah. is a cool universe and we like spending time in it yes absolutely and, and no matter what the star wars thing is there's always something good to find in it you just have you know so, sometimes you have to look a little harder than others but you know what no matter what comes out i'm gonna be reading it day one and i'll be i'll be happy mm-hmm. totally all right. So uh, next week, what is next week? It is. We have, oh, it's Valentine's week next week. So we are talking about our favorite comic love stories. This is exciting. And uh, Jacob put up on the screen here, you know, Afra and, um, oh, what's her name? Tolvin. Magna Tolvin. Yep. Um, yeah, Magna Tolvin. Uh, probably top on my list, if I'm going to be honest. Um, 
but yeah, we're definitely going to be talking about uh, some more uh, love stories in comics to celebrate Valentine's Day. But that will do it for this week's episode of The Cosmic Force. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the show right here on YouTube, where you can hear us live every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. We also encourage you to subscribe to our audio version on whatever podcast platform you listen to. Be sure to visit utini.com for reviews, articles, and news for the entire expanded universe. We encourage you to join our Utini Discord community by going to utini.com slash discord. And you can help support the show by heading to patreon.com slash utini and start receiving exclusive perks starting at just $5 a month. A special thank you to Brian Dooley, JG Kars, OK Endar, Patrick Ortiz, Carl Sander, and Earl Q on our Jedi High Council, and Matt Billington, Kyle Hickman, Elizabeth Cloutier, Freddie C, and Sally and Chris Eilerson on our Alliance High Command for their amazing support. You can tweet at the show at Cosmic Force Show or at the host individually. I'm at IrmaJedi26, Tyler is at TyRags, Caleb is at Caleb Lamanac, and Jacob is at Jacob Bausch. Thank you again to Tyler, Caleb, and Jacob for hosting with me tonight, and a special thank you to our listeners for joining us. We truly appreciate you. See everyone next week, and as always, may the Force be with you.